Welcome to the Seven Figure Impact Podcast, where I help men and women just like you who have a drive to make positive, powerful impact within their local community do so through licensed assisted living, group homes, and community have businesses. I'm your host, Ariana. I'm a co-CEO of a seven-figure home and community-based agency, former professional foster parent, mother of three children, coach, course creator, and so much more. I'm obsessed with helping aspiring providers break into the business of care without all the confusion, overwhelm, or even owning their licensed property. And I help current providers intentionally market, develop systems, streamline their back end, and scale their income. If you are wanting to build a business in care and make seven-figure impact, you are in the right place. Let's get it going. Welcome back to the Seven Figure Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Ariana J, and I am so glad you are here. Today, we are talking all about some hard conversations, and I'm privileged and honored to be able to talk about them. I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, specifically in the cares industry, these things can be overlooked. And I want to dive headfirst into these controversial topics that aren't talked about very often. So I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you are participating in this conversation, listening in. Hopefully you will give me feedback and your thoughts, of course, on what this looks like for you and what your experiences are. So we are talking about micro losses that really are wins. And you can formulate this however you want to for your own life and your own business. But as entrepreneurs, it is something that we overlook a lot and we focus on the wins, right? And so I want to talk about what some micro losses could be and how they are actually wins. We just need to kind of reframe our mindset and think about things a little differently. So that's what we're talking about today. We're going to dive head first in. This may be a little bit controversial, right? And that's okay. We can talk about things that are hard. We can agree. We can disagree, right? We have our own experiences. I have mine. You have yours. And if your journey is just beginning, you will have your own experiences of what this could look like for you. And so I think it's important to have the conversation about it. Why not? You know, I also think it's very important to not only talk about the wins in business, but not necessarily harp on losses, but look at it as a transparent interaction between us and business, because I believe business is its own machine, right? And so looking at it in that way is how I want to approach this and the various different things that we might see as losses and how to like reframe it because they actually are wins. So let's go ahead and get into it. A little bit of my background for those who are new listeners. And if you are a new listener, thanks for being here. I am 
a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I have a couple companies. My baby is my home and community-based agency. I believe I have been put on this earth to make powerful, positive impact in the various ways that I serve my local community and help providers get started all over the nation, helping providers grow and scale their businesses to multi-six and seven-figure businesses, really creating the business and care that they want and they desire. And that's what I have done for myself. So it is possible. And my journey, there has been so many micro losses that have turned out to be wins. And micro losses today might not seem as a micro loss in five years, right? It's all going to to vary based off our journey and where we're at. We're not going to be the same person today, right, that we will be next year or really even in three to six months. And so thinking about that with how we run our business, what we go through, what we engage in, and to really just, again, like reframe what it is. So I want to start by like demystifying what a loss is, right? Most times when you think of entrepreneurship and a loss, you're thinking about revenue or profits, right? And it goes so much deeper (laughs) than that. Um, If that's where you're thinking, that's pretty surface level. And so that really is what most people think of as a micro loss, right? As far as revenue and the numbers. And as you know, the numbers are important to me. Business in itself cannot thrive if we do not have revenue in our business. We cannot serve our clients. We cannot pay our employees. We cannot live ourselves, right? We can't do those things in any business across any industry if we don't have revenue. So revenue is indeed very, very important. Another example of micro losses could be even losing clientele, right? That is another example. And none of us like to lose clientele, but we're going to kind of go into that later of why that could be a micro win and, and my experiences of what that looks like, okay? According to the U.S. Bank study, of businesses fail due to cash flow problems. Let me say that again. According to the U.S. Bank study, 82% of businesses fail due to cash flow problems. So revenue, cash flow, it's all very, very important. And I don't want to present like it's not, but I want you to remember that every setback has a comeback, right? Every setback has a comeback. And so that's the beauty of it. We can always start again. And it's not like we have to like start again, like building the business from the ground up. In some cases, yes. But let's look at some of these micro losses as how can we learn? How can we improve? How can we start again based off of what we learn from that loss? Hey there, if you are ready to make impact within your local community and you are ready to get started, I have something for you, so listen up. 
The Startup Provider Program is open for enrollment for a limited time. The Startup Provider Program is a self-study program over 12 weeks, so you can get on track with opening your business and care so much faster. We talk about everything from mindset and focus to clients and funding to licensing and certification and everything else in between, specifically focusing on that market research so that you can find the right license type and the requirements to open the business and care that you desire. So head over to startupprovider.com for more details. All right, now back to the show. And so since income is really at the top of everyone's mind when it comes to like losses and entrepreneurship, I really want to talk about building a financial resilience when it comes to income, revenue, monetary challenges that you must face. I'm a big believer in having some type of business credit to help with cash flow issues or any big expenses that might come up, right? Having access to capital, having access to cash when you need it, right, is going to obviously make you feel a little bit more settled as an entrepreneur, but it also is going to help ease that financial burden when it does come. And it's not if, it's when. You don't know what could happen, right? And so just making sure you have access to that cash and capital in the form of credit. Another big benefit, again, of having access to cash or credit is to be able to weather any financial storms that do come, right? Whether you are private pay, you're state funded, you're Fed funded, it doesn't matter what your funding source is. There could be dips in income and loss of revenue and you still have expenses to pay. You may even have some emergency expenses that come up. And I can't tell you how important it is to be able to have access to that. Also, being financially aware of where your revenue is at. What does that financial forecast look like, right? Are you seeking legal advice? Do you continue to be in touch with your CPA? Do you have a CPA? Is your accountant dialed in? Like all of these things need to be one, demystified as the like the notion goes, like all businesses like have this set up. They don't. They don't. A lot of providers don't have this set up. Some are doing their own bookkeeping and accounting and trying to do their own taxes. FYI, don't do that. Hire somebody. That's probably not your zone of genius. And if it is, great. But nine times out of 10, it is not your zone of genius. And so you want to have somebody who's able to focus on those things. So you can focus really on building your business. And that's why we became entrepreneurs. I love statistics, stats, quotes, all of those things. And according to SCORE, 40% of small businesses are profitable, 30% break even, and 30% are losing money. But remember, you're building a business that lasts, right? The test of time. You're not building a business for a little quick win or quick cash money or quick cash grab. We're building businesses to make powerful, positive impact, yes, but to build generational wealth for our families. That's why we get into this thing, right? We are solution 
focused individuals. We have a drive for entrepreneurship. It's like in our blood, right? If you're anything like me, that's how I am. But we are doing this to make money, right? We are doing this to build wealth and to leave a legacy. And we can't do that if we are barely breaking even, if we are losing money. So let's briefly talk about if you are in a situation and you have lost revenue and you aren't making the profits that you want and you desire, let's think about what you need to do to change it around and to pivot. A lot of times entrepreneurs see things aren't working, providers specifically we're talking about, they see things aren't working with their marketing or so-called marketing, I should say, and they continue to do that thing even though they see the result isn't working for them. So yes, you not making the revenue that you want is going to be a micro loss. But I say micro because we can always turn it around and we can always learn from this, right? We can always change up our marketing strategy. We need to do something different, obviously. Maybe the clientele that are coming in are a revolving door, right? You can't seem to keep anybody, right? So your revenue is going up and down and up and down, right? Let's look at the clientele that we are attracting, right? Maybe it's a situation to where the decision makers who are helping place those ideal clients, maybe they're not the right fit. Maybe there's a breakdown in communication, right? Maybe it's not necessarily the marketing and maybe it's the operational side of things. So being able to sit down and pull things apart and look at things objectively so that the loss can turn into the win, that's what it's about as an entrepreneur. That's what it's about as a provider, right? That's what it's about by leading an agency that can can make multiple six and seven figures. That's what it's like about being a leader because you are paying employees. You know, you're running this team. You have to be able to pay for these things, right? The business has to make money. And so when we're looking at a micro loss, and again, I've had plenty, uh, we have to look at what we're doing. Can we do it different? Is there a better way? Do I have anybody to bounce these ideas off of? All of the things can go into turning that loss into a win. And the beauty, as I said before, at the beginning of this episode is we can always start again, right? We have grace that God has given us, right? And so we are able to start again, but we have to be in a space to where we want to start again, that we want things to improve. We want them to get better. If you've decided to hire somebody that has more experience than you and lean into their experience and their coaching and their expertise, that's a choice, right? Now, if they're giving you these tips or tricks or suggestions and you're throwing them to the wind, that's because you feel like your way is better. And so, It doesn't matter how we pull apart the information and look at things objectively. We have to be wanting to make action to turn that micro loss that seems so heavy and so big at the time into a win.
I hear a lot of providers come to me and they are struggling with getting clientele into their homes, programs, and services. They've been operating for months. They may be in the red instead of the black, and they're struggling greatly with getting clientele. And they're like, okay, I've spent all this time trying to get this business off the ground, and now I can't even get my clientele from empty rooms, right? Rooms of real estate to empty programs and services, right? You don't want to be paying for an employee, but you don't have any work. Like, how is that going to help the bottom line? You're paying for somebody to be there and they don't even have the work to perform because you can't get clientele into your home's program and service. And a lot of people think that they're going to just get licensed or certified or both and clients are going to fall from the sky. And it's like, no, the universe doesn't owe you anything, (laughs) People are not just standing by waiting for you to open up your business unless you are marketing correctly, right? And so these are little things that people think about as micro losses. But again, we have the opportunity to change it every day, every hour. We have the opportunity to change it. It's just about, are we going to do that? Are we in a space to do that? What does that look like for you? I also think a big part of this is good quality care, right? We can talk about the business and we can talk about revenue and we can talk about operations. We can talk about all the things, but if you're not providing good quality care, like that's going to destroy your reputation anyway, right? There are certain level of clients and some clients, I don't want to say that they aren't available for different types of care as far as quality care, because I believe everyone should get good quality care. But I do think that there are certain clientele that do better in certain settings. That's how I will tastefully and tactfully say that. (laughs) And you get to determine what your setting is, right? Obviously, we're following all the rules and guidelines and regulations and standard operating procedures. All of those things are minimum standards, all the things, right? But there are different settings and the setting is going to vary based off of you and how you want that setting to run, right? And so, That is what I'll say briefly about that. I do think there is more context that is needed that I'm not able to provide right here in this episode. But if you know, you know. Okay, so we'll leave it at that. But I do believe that there is a shortfall of uh, team members. There's a shortfall of uh, providers, really good providers, I should say. And there's also a lack of community amongst providers. And I think this is a really big part and a big conversation that we should have. Even though there's many different types of providers, there's still a shortfall in community. And a lot of the micro losses could be avoided, right? Or prevented if there was community, if there was connection, if there was conversation around all the various topics that go into running these businesses. Ooh, this next one is a really important one and it hits home for me. And if you're a current provider, I'm sure for you. Uh, So let's go ahead and talk about it because I think we're all as providers focus on the next team member. 
right? Like, okay, I need 10 employees. I currently have six. We need four more, right? We need four more. We need four more. We're thinking about the four more, right? Or the two more of whatever it is, right? But are we taking a step back and are we looking at only the shortfall or the loss of not having those employees, the four more? Or are we focusing more on, okay, we have the six and we really want those six to thrive, right? I think it's a downfall of so many providers that when we lose a team member, that we are always running to the next one instead of focusing on the ones that we have and how can we bring them up? How can we help coach and mentor them to be better, right? How can we support them and not only supporting our agency, but supporting their own career goals? Our employees, they have desires and wants too, right? And so how can we help them? Yes, we can be focused on bringing more employees in. I think everyone should be focused on that. I'm focused on that, right? But also, are we not focused on the team that we currently have and how do we cultivate them instead of focusing on the loss of losing someone? When you lose an employee, depending on how they go out, right, it might be the right time for them to move on. And maybe they didn't align with your organization anymore, right? It also may be that their performance wasn't meeting the benchmarks that it should be. And for that, like we need to part ways, right? But it's also the sense of when somebody is no longer the right fit and doesn't align to the vision and mission of your business, of your agency, it's time to move on. But see, sometimes as providers, and I'm guilty of this, so I'm talking to myself also, preaching (laughs) to myself also, is that when we focus on the loss of a staff, a team member, a care team member is what my crew goes by. When we focus on only the loss and trying to bring somebody else in, we don't value the win of those who are staying with our agency, our clientele, who are devoting their time. They're actually leaving their family to come and work for me. That is a great honor, right? I am leading them. I want to help them, right? Obviously, I'm paying. It's not like it's a volunteer opportunity, okay? So I understand there's an exchange, but people don't only work for you or for me just because we're paying them. They work for us and continue to show up because they believe in what we are doing here at our agency and they bought into the mission, right? They've bought into the mission. And so we can't always look at a loss of, oh, we lost three people. I got to go get three more or I spend so much on staffing or uh, recruiting or any of those things. And and now I got to go back and do it again. I just did this three months ago. Now I have to go do it again. Okay, great. Like you have to go do it again. That's business. Stop looking at it as a loss. Look at it as a win. Yeah, I lost two people, but I also have five that stayed. They're here. They're happy. They're thriving. We have a growth plan for them. We are looking to support support them and their career. All of these things are really cool wins. And then also it's a win to know that the people who are meant to be in your world will be, right? That goes for your care team also. 
the people who are not meant to will not be. And if you continue to hold on to something that's not meant to be, it will cause you so much trouble in the long run. Let it go. Let it go. Like, I think we all feel in our hearts that when it's time for somebody to move on, it's time. It's time. When it's time to have a difficult conversation, it's time. We know it, but we try to avoid these things, right? We're human. I've done it too. And we have to look at things a little bit different. Like when we feel that nudge inside of us, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's time to take action so that person can move on and we can make space for the next person who is meant to be with us, right? So that we know we have a team member who wants to be here, who wants to grow and thrive, who who sees the vision of the company, who loves to grow and engage with clients, right? I've had some great former staff, right? And I've had some not so great former staff. I have had a mix. And I also know like the team that I have now, will they be with me forever? I mean, I hope so, but I'm also realistic to know that probably not. They may be with me another five, seven years, but their journey is different. They may be with me another three to four months. I would think our team now that we have will be with us longer, but I understand that people have their own dreams and desires too. And they have a life outside of work. And I think we need to understand that when it's time for somebody to go, we wish them well, we move on, right? For them and for us. And we need to look at that as a win versus a loss. Another thing I want to say in the topic of teams is that I think, at least for me, When I first got started, I had this vision of growing a really big team, right? And and serving all these clients and having this really big team. Well, if you have a nice and lean team, you can still do very well. You do not need to have a giant client roster and a giant employee roster to do really well in this business, right? You don't need that. I think we should find joy in our teams, right? I think we should find joy in having a small, intimate team, right? We get to know each person. We might get to talk to them about their own life and their own desires, as I mentioned earlier. Stop looking at you having a small team of two or three as a bad thing or as a loss and focusing on, oh, I wish I had a bigger team. If I had 15 caregivers on my team, what could I do? Well, what could you do? You could probably do amazing things, but then there's another component to that is revenue. You need to be able to make sure that you can attract the work, right? If you're going to have that kind of team. If You don't do that and look at the full picture. You're going to be in this cycle of thinking everything's a loss when it's not, right? There's beauty in this business and it's up to us to make sure we're not focusing on a loss, but turning things around as a win. And maybe when it comes to small teams, think about it like this, small teams big impact. I love that. Small teams, big impact, because you don't have to have a giant team to make impact. Now let's move on to a topic. I don't know if you guys are going to agree with me on this one, but I feel strongly about it. And so, hey, I'm going to talk about it. (laughs) Why not? I think that there's going to be some interesting perspectives on this and that's okay too. I'm, I'm open to hearing like different thoughts or feedback, et cetera. But should I say it? I should. 
Licensing investigations are growth in disguise. They are. And they don't feel like it at the time. But I'll tell you what, I will tell you what, I have been investigated and I probably will be investigated again. It's always like not if, but when, right? I haven't been investigated like a ton of times. I think we have like two investigations, one for my youth group home and one for my agency. And it's a corrective action that happens, right? And oftentimes what I found was that the first one that I had, there was no findings in it. They, I was scared shitless, right? And it was from my youth group home. And then this other one that I had for my assisted living, it was because the staff had said something they shouldn't have said, right? And so there is learning that always comes with this. And I do consider myself going out on a limb here and talking about an investigation. Like a lot of people wouldn't talk about this stuff, but it's real shit, right? It's real shit. It was growth in disguise, right? It was growth and disguise. There were things that I have learned during that investigation, uh, the second one, right? There was things that I've learned in that investigation that have not only taught me what to do or what not to do, but it also reinforced some of these new changes that we're implementing with our agency. We hired a HR consultant that really came in and helped us like redo our full HR department, which we didn't really have and built it from the ground up. And so I was just so grateful, not necessarily like I would want to be investigated. I don't think that's a desire of anybody, but to see the beauty in it, right? To see the win in it. Because when I got the call that this was taking place and this was happening, like I already knew, okay, all of my shit's in order. I have dotted my I's and crossed my T's. When we are providers, entrepreneurs, and we are hiring employees, we are expecting them to follow the rules and all of these different things. Well, sometimes people don't. Sometimes people say the wrong things or sometimes they make mistakes. And yes, we have to do a corrective action for those mistakes. Some of them are heinous and and disgusting. I like to think I attract people that aren't that way and I have so far. So obviously I'm doing something right and our care team is absolutely awesome, but people are bound to make mistakes and that falls on me. That falls on me as the agency owner, as a program administrator, right? And so we have to correct those things. And if somebody looks at you crazy for being investigated, let them look. Obviously, it depends on what it is. And I am saying this out here because it's true. There are a lot of people that get investigated, right? There are some agencies that are doing some pretty heinous stuff and get investigated in clothes. And there's other ones who make a mistake against regulation and they get investigated and you change policy, you make a corrective action, you teach your team and you keep moving on and you strive to be better. That's just the nature of it. So stop looking at it as a loss, right? And look at it as a win. Like, let's turn things around and look at the beauty in them versus looking at the negativity that is coming from them or that's associated with it. Obviously, again, being investigated is not the best feeling in the world. It is not something that you like strive to do, like you would strive to win an award or be recognized for something fabulous, right? 
But at the same time, it's a learning opportunity, not just for you, but for your team. Because I wasn't the only one that learned. My resident manager learned. Andre learned. The rest of our team learned. All of these things happen because of this investigation. And the people who work with us, the families who work with us, that didn't change their mind, right? They know that we are very good people. And I think that we have to reframe some of our thinking, right? And at the beginning of my agency, had I been investigated, like, oh my God, it would have just threw me into this whirlwind. But staying calm, being objective, doing everything that you need to do, communicating with licensing, all of the things. And and the licensing specialist, it was like, yo, I ain't never seen an operation like this. Like you got things in order. And they also told me like, don't feel bad. Like these things happen. You cannot control every single thing that your team does. You just can't, right? And if I wanted to, I would need to be the one doing all of the care and all the interacting. How can I get to seven? How can I make impact? How can I grow my agency to what I want it to be if I don't rely on a team? And so I just wanted to take your thought process with something that is looked at as negative and see the beauty actually in it. So I've adapted a couple more policies in my business because of this, right? It has made my relationship with our care coordinators stronger and family stronger and all of those things that would they have happened if I wasn't investigated? I believe my relationships are strong and they're healthy and they're wonderful. And I attract awesome guardians and amazing clientele who I love to serve. But I think that this made it even stronger. So with investigations, just know that they can enhance your service and the satisfaction of not only your clientele that you serve, but your care team, and then you as the owner, right? And your satisfaction with your business. So just think of it that way, because it's important to reframe our thoughts as we go through this. According to the National Center of Assisted Living, 15,665 assisted living communities in the U.S. are already meeting regulatory requirements, and so can you. So do not feel that if you are out of compliance with one thing or something happens and there is an investigation or there's a corrective action, not even on investigation, let's talk about like renewal or licensing modification. Like there's all kind of other things that you could be out of compliance for. Audits that take place, right? Doesn't necessarily have to be an investigation, but it's all of these little things and most agencies, most assisted living homes, agency owners are doing the right thing, right? There are some that aren't. And the ones that aren't and get themselves back into compliance are usually the ones who are following regulatory compliance 99.9% of the time. And if they aren't, they correct that immediately. All right, my friends, that is it for today's episode. As we come to an end, I just want you to understand and realize that micro losses are simply lessons in disguise. And we can take those and thrive, or we can allow ourselves to sink back and become discouraged, be hard on ourselves, and make us feel that we are really not out here making impact. And that's never 
a good thing because that's why we started our business. Micro losses are not signs of failure. They are signs of growth. They are signs of resilience. I will say that again. Micro losses are not failure. They are signs of growth. They are signs of resilience, my friend. The small micro losses today are indeed the building blocks for success in our future. Everything is compounding and momentum is building and micro losses are a part of that. So I encourage you today to keep pushing, keep shining, keep glowing, keep being a beacon, a light in your community, keep striving to make impact and income, keep striving to be the best leader you possibly can be, pour into yourself, do self-development and encourage and coach your team to do the same. You are not alone in this journey. We are in it together. We are creating a culture of providers who stand together and we know we can do more together. That's it for this week. Stay safe out there. Until next time, bye for now. Hey friend, if you resonated with this show, if you feel the desire to make impact, don't forget to head over to www.startupprovider.com so you can start making seven-figure impact and follow the show so you get notified when I drop a new episode. You can also come follow me on IG at underscore Ariana J. If you follow me there, let me know you came from the podcast. I really would love to meet you. Or you can join me in my private Facebook group, Assisted Living Group Home and Community Hub Providers. I hope to see you there.